When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatch rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? Wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamba Mia, he's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back a BTR Boxing Podcast big fight preview for this week's major fights happening. Now after a quiet weekend with some pretty decent fights that happened, we are back with Johnston, not Chris this time. Chris, I'm sorry, you've not been dumped. You just can't fit in the timings, of course. And we have these conversations off the air about trying to get everybody on at once and it's so difficult. But Johnston, you've not been on for a while because you've been so busy putting together the darker side of boxing and future episodes for career profiles it's nice to get you back on and be covering a pretty decent fight weekend with some pretty decent fights it's a pleasure to be on and it's it's, it's weird coming back on and, and talking about recent fights it's something i haven't done in so long to be fair to you as well i've not been so great in keeping up with it so thankfully listening to you and chris has helped me out a little bit so i can keep up to date with what the hell's going on um i've watched a few and i did take the chance to watch a bit of benavides and plant who you know the main fight of the weekend over the weekend and actually just jotted down some notes so it makes a nice change it's good to be back on and hopefully my opinions are going to be just as good as what what chris is <laughs> everybody brings something different to the table that's the beauty of podcasting and the beauty of having different opinions and different voices onto it so i'm excited to talk about this weekend's fights genuinely because there are some really good fights this weekend headlined in my mind by benavidez versus plant that is the most significant fight of the weekend but then you've got lawrence coli defending his wbo cruiserweight title against david light you've got lyndon arthur fighting for the vacant ibo light heavyweight title on the friday you've got jose ramirez and richard comney fighting this weekend jose zapade is fighting this weekend not to mention a few of the prospects on the undercards and then also on saturday you've got the likes of nathan heaney and jack flatley in the uk having a rematch from their first fight oh some some really Really good fights this weekend, so we are going to try and get through some of the main ones and mention some of the notable ones that you probably should go and check out if you're watching a few of these cards this weekend. But Benavidez versus Plant for us is the one, it's the go-to fight for the weekend. It's significant in the super middleweight division. It's the fight Benavidez has needed for such a long time. And Caleb Plant obviously is looking to get himself back into contention to fight for a title. Now, this is for the WBC interim super middleweight title, obviously currently held by a certain Mr. Canelo. And the Canelo sweepstakes goes on as he fights John Ryder on Cinco de Mayo in May in Mexico. So the outcome of these two fights potentially could lead to a matchup between the winners of both of these fights. You'd anticipate that the winner of the Benavides plant fight will get the money fight against Canelo. But obviously, Caleb Plant's already fought Canelo. Canelo was beating him. So 
the questions are going to be more around David Benavidez now and this big, huge statement that he could make in this fight. And that's what makes me excited for it, is that we haven't seen Benavidez in with a fighter at the same level as Kayla Plant, someone who's already been to the top, someone who's already been a world champion and fought the best of the super middleweight division has to offer. So it is an exciting fight this weekend, Johnston. It is an exciting weekend. And, you know, this has shavings, to be fair, of Ben Eubank, obviously the American version, because of... The animosity between the pair, they genuinely don't like each other, Benavides and Plant, and I think they've made that pretty clear. So I think that adds a little bit of needle to to an intriguing fight. And obviously, not only the animosity between these two that sort of has shavings of Ben Eubank, is also the clashing styles as well that they both bring. You've got one guy that's a bit... It brings a sweet science. He's, he's technically gifted in, in uh, Plant. And then you've got Benavides, who's more of a brute and... Um, is, is the come forward and aggressive fight. So it's got it's got to be very interesting. I, I really like the idea of, uh, um, for me, this is, this is a fight that's sort of been a long time coming. It should have happened a lot sooner than it has, but it, it's here now. Really looking forward to this fight. Uh, Benavides is looking in shape. Um, and as you mentioned, uh, the one thing, I, neither of these two really have had those huge significant fights, barring obviously Plant, who got smashed by Canelo. But that loss in itself could actually help him progress and, and actually will help him in this fight. Whereas Benavidez, I suppose the one thing you have to say about him is his lack of opponents. I mean, Gavril is probably his toughest fight and he hurt him in that first fight because I did watch a bit of that last night. So, yeah, they're both fought fringe contenders and former world champions, over the hill world champions. But obviously Plant has that experience fighting such a tremendous fighter in Canelo. Yeah, he does. And I think the, the, they've got mutual opponents between the two of them. Anthony Durrell, Caleb Plant's last opponent, Durrell, is, yeah. is also the opponent previously of David Benavidez. And obviously we saw what happened to Anthony Durrell in the last fight against Caleb Plant. And then if you look back on Benavidez's record and you look at what he did against Anthony Durrell, he beat him with a KO, ironically, in the ninth round also, which, you know, do you, do you make anything into that? It's hard because, you know, that was 2019 when Benavidez fought him and it was obviously not too long ago when Caleb Plant fought him and and then you can say well maybe Darrell is quite over the hill at this point and that could be the argument in terms of that mutual opponent most recently but they've both had you know some some interesting fights over the careers and obviously for Plant he's had the most significant one against Alvarez losing by a TKO in round 11 in their fight in 2021 but Benavidez hasn't had that big step up, hasn't had that major, major fight. This is it for him. This is his major, major fight. He's got 23 KOs in 26 of his fight. On paper, you know, this looks like it might not end up going the distance, dependent upon the game plans that both of these fighters put into place during the fight. And you rightly pointed out, you've got one who loves the sweet science and one who's who's a brute, who's a brawler, who, who ex- executes educated presser throughout the course of his fights and looks to break his opponents and wear him down. You look at a lot of his major wins in his career, a lot of the stoppages, you know, they're coming after the halfway point. You know, some of these fights that you've mentioned coming after the halfway point or they've gone the distance. So you've got to kind of look at that and think, Benavides is going to try and break down Kayla Plant over the course of the fight. Kayla Plant lost to Canelo in the 11th. Canelo broke him down and beat him. So is Benavides going to look at that as the blueprint? Well, yeah, of course he is, because that's the only loss on Plant's record. But then you've got to look at the the differences between the two in terms of their skill levels, their abilities. Who is going to come out of this victor? It's a tough one. It is a tough fight, this. And it's a tough fight to call because you honestly start to think, well, Benavides, is this the guy that Canelo's running away from? Canelo says no, but Benavides, of course, says yes. Caleb Plant, willing to take on anybody, happy to take this fight, and it's a great fight because he can propel himself back into a major fight again with a Canelo if he beats Benavides, but I'm still a little bit on the fence at this stage as to, to who's going to win this fight. Is it going to be the, the sweet science? Is it going to be the boxer? Is it going to be the, the boxer puncher? I'm a bit stuck as to who I think actually is going to win this fight. I don't know if you've got any ideas about in in your mind about who you think is going to win it. Well, I think um, the one point I think we need to to mention is the fact that Caleb Plant has now signed with uh, Stephen Breadman Edwards. Now, Breadman Edwards was the guy that obviously came in for the Darrell fight. And I think looking on his prior performances, looking at Plant, 
in that Darrell fight, I think the one thing you did notice was his intentions in there. You know, when you look at Caleb Plant fight, I mean, Caleb, Caleb's plant, Caleb Plant's fight against Caleb Truex and other fights uh, after, before that, I felt that he was, he could throw a good sequence of shots, but there wasn't much intention in them. Whereas I believe by the looks of it with a Darrell fight, I felt like whatever Edwards is doing, he's actually showing him how to be more aggressive and, and to really follow through on his shots and hurt his opponent. So I think that gives him not a slight edge, but that gives him a different side, a different perspective. And obviously the loss to Canelo, I do believe could put him in good stead going forward. Whereas Benavides, this is his big moment. You know, I think when you look at Benavides, when I've looked at him recently and throughout the years, the one thing I notice is these sequence of punches. They're effortless and they're devastating. When he gets going, he can throw that sequence of combinations on his opponent. They are really devastating. And I know the opponents haven't been to a certain level. This is his moment to show that actually when he does land one of them lovely sequences, that he can get rid of a guy like Plant. So there's there's, there's two edges to the sword here. I mean, I think, I think with Plant, I think, I, I actually believe that most people, like like I'm, I'm suggesting right here, I feel that Benavides has probably got more power, more pop than Plant. That's just my perception of watching their fights. But in actual fact, because of Edwards coming into camp and because he's sort of, you know, he, he's not teaching an old dog new tricks. He's only 30 years old. He's still quite young and fresh. He's not been in too many wars. So in actual fact, that could actually play in Caleb Plant's in his favour. And if he can establish a good enough lead, and then David Benavides is trying, diff, like trying to really force his way into the fight and come back into the fight, that could go into Plant's into his game plan, where he can then look to try and maybe finish him off and hit him with pot shots while he's coming in and, and being a bit sloppy. The trouble is, I do when I look at Benavides and I look at Plant, I can't help but even look up beyond Benavides because I do feel that eventually he will get to plant. And it's just a matter of will plant be able to, can he get back up again? And, and, and if he does, will it be enough for him to see this fight for? It's a very close fight though, Sean. It's very intriguing. Um, I, I, if I'm, I'm not going to say a prediction straight away, but what I will say is I feel that plant will take that early lead. And then I, I believe Benavides comes back and then it's just that back into the fight that could really go anywhere. It could either be Plant takes it and just carries on and just literally takes the fight quite comfortably or Benavides does find his shots, finds his range and hurts Plant. And it's just a matter of can he put him down and can Plant get back up and can he finish him off? So that's that's where I'm scratching my head. I bet I'll let you come in first though, Sean, and then I'll give you <laughs> prediction. Well, you know, to be honest with you, Johnson, I think the same as you in the sense of how do I see the fight playing out? And I see it playing out in exactly the same way. But I don't know which way, ultimately, it will end up. So I can see Kayla Plant making this fight very straightforward for himself and outboxing Benavides over the course. And I could see him beating him on points. But then I can also see Benavides landing something on Plant significantly enough to, to send him on the back foot and either stop him late or, or take a, a wide points decision. I just don't know which one of them I'm opting to choose for this fight. And I'm not a prediction specialist. I just go off kind of what I can anticipate from previous fights and, and what I've seen in previous fights and how I can anticipate the two styles will mix together. And you've got two different styles that either one of them on their given night can be successful against an opponent. And this is this is really what it comes down to. It comes down to who can implement their game plan successful enough to win this fight. Can plant outbox Benavidez can he hurt him can he keep him at bay can he can he go the distance or stop him late or will Benavidez get on the inside hurt plant make him take a step back and maybe even stop him or, or take a points decision it is such a difficult one if if I'm going to go with my gut instincts on this fight which is what I'm going to go with I can say I'm not a betting specialist or prediction specialist but I'm going with my gut instinct Johnston my gut instinct tells me that Caleb Plant takes a decision over David Benavides in this fight I could be totally wrong and Benavides could absolutely smash him to bits within 9-10 rounds but that's the beauty of this sport sometimes sometimes you don't know because it is a very evenly matched fight yeah, and, and I do feel that the animosity between the pair is going to be a factor in the fight who can actually manage to 
keep that rage down and not make silly mistakes because when you're angry, you know what it's like. You're angry in the ring. You really want to absolutely hurt this guy, but they're just too slippery, too awkward, and you find yourself wasting shots and tiring yourself out. You need to be calm and you need to be, you know, you need to keep a good mindset. And, you know, these are questions that David Benavides is going to answer for us now is, is he able to control his anger and allow him to then, you know, pull off these wonderful sets. I mean, he's one of the best combination fighters in the game at the minute. The kid has really got that ability, but will Plant be there long enough for him to, to land those? And then obviously the other, the other side of it is I feel that with the incorporation of Edwards into camp for Caleb Plant, I do believe he could hurt Benavides, especially when I looked at the Gavel fight and get the first fight in particular. And that was a little while back, but still that was a moment where he got hurt Benavides and he sort of went inside his, in, in, himself a little bit. And I and I feel that if, if Caleb's going to win this fight, he's going to have to hurt him. And then I think it takes away a lot of what Benavides brings to the game with his aggressiveness. But I'm going to go against you, Sean. I'm going to suggest that Caleb does take this quite early in the early exchanges. I think Benavides will clock him one and I think he will... That will be the, the sign and, and the change of the game and the fight. And then from there, I feel that Benavides will put him down. And I'm not going to say he's going to stop him completely. I think he puts him down. And then I feel that he could. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Take it, just edge it on a split decision or or effectively knocking down a couple of times. But Plant shows his grit, determination, manages to get himself back up to his feet, finish the fight. But it goes Benavides' way. So I'm I'm gonna go Benavides and I'm go- do you know what? I'm gonna go late stoppage Benavides. Well, here we go. It's a great fight. We're looking forward to it. Both got different picks, different opinions for how this fight actually plays out. Exciting, exciting times, exciting fight. Really looking forward to it. So that is, is probably the marquee fight of the weekend. But in the UK, we've got the defence of the WBO Cruiserweight title as Lawrence Okolai, 18-0, goes in against challenger David Light, 20-0 in the card in Manchester by Boxer, which is not too bad of a card, actually. And I'm going to move on to this next, move on to this fight and, and some of the fights on the card and fighters before we talk about some of the other notable fights of the weekend. Lawrence Okolai eventually is going to move up to the heavyweight division. It's no secret. He hasn't really got long left in the cruiserweight division. He hasn't had that significant fight since he's won the world title. He hasn't had the Brady's fight, which is what we've all wanted to see. Instead, he's fighting the contender, David Light, who's put himself into this position by beating Brandon Glanton in his last fight. Brandon Glanton, who recently lost just last weekend as well. And Light beat him in a split decision in a very close fight in October of last year. Not October, sorry. I'd say December. I was looking at a previous previous fight of his in December of last year in a close fight. Now, I did go back and look at that fight and I looked at what Light has to offer and quite honestly, I feel like this is a nice lineup for Lawrence Okolai to to get another big win under his resume. I mean, he's had a lot of issues outside of the ring, Okolai, with promotions and obviously he had a lot of scrap at the Creed 3 premiere with Richard Reakpour quite recently and there's a future for possible fight between them two being touted down the line as well. Now, this fight for me looks like it's just kind of set up for Lawrence Okolai 
to, to make it through it and get a good knockout on his record. And that's no disrespect to David Light, who I do believe will, will give him the rounds he needs. But ultimately, I think this is a Lawrence Okolai victory. And I think Okolai then is, is either going to get the big fight in the cruiserweight division or he's going to move up because I don't know for how much longer he's going to be fighting a cruiserweight. He's he's naturally the size of a of a heavyweight. He's six foot five and eighty two inch reach. This guy is is big for cruiserweight, and I don't know if he makes the cruiserweight limit comfortable enough. He, he probably does, but if he you know if he's starting to struggle with that at some point down the line, it's gonna it's gonna catch up with him a little bit. And I think whilst I've not encountered any issues or talk of issues overweight I can ultimately see him not being in this division for another year or so I think maybe a year tops and then he he does move on and then that's him in the in the heavyweight division because they're certainly going to want to progress him there what do you think about this fight are you making anything of it are we just being a little bit downplaying of David Light and, and his achievements and what he can bring or do you feel like me where you feel like actually it's just being set up for a coli to look good get a really good win on his record against a legit contender and then he moves on and ultimately gets a big fight in the cruiserweight division yeah, do you know one thing I did notice was the fact he's not been in the ring for over a year. I had to double check that. I was really surprised by that. I didn't realise it had been like near on 30 months. What, February 2022? It's, that's crazy. And I know, obviously, he had the problems with uh, with Matrim. He's left Matrim now. He's moved back over to Sky Sports where, you know, he started off his career. And then he's had the change of trainer as well where he's, he's left McGuigan. He's now got Sugar Hill Stewart in, um, which is, you know, up, to be honest... I, I don't believe McGuigan done anything wrong, but it's not a bad step up, is it? Sugar Hill Stewart is one of the best trainers around. Obviously, everyone, many know him working with uh, Tyson Fury. And obviously, we know, obviously, the Stewart, um, the Cronk gym, which is a fantastic gym uh, throughout all the years in boxing. Amazing gym. So I can understand his move. Um, and it's, it's, that's really derailed him. I mean, he's, he's 30. He's, he's, he's up. Yeah. Surely he's struggling to make crews away. You would think so. But I think it's a good fight for him, though, Sean, in terms of him coming back, making a defence against David Light, who can be a bit slippery from what I've seen of him. But let's be honest, you know, he's got to try and get on the inside. Lawrence can keep him at range. And um, is Light going to get on the inside? If he does, he's going to be... It's like moving a wardrobe, isn't it? He's so big and he, he leans on you and he's all awkward, isn't he? Or Oakley and... He doesn't want to get inside. He wants to keep it at a distance and he's got that ability to be able to do that. Are we going to see something different with his punching power and, and the different selection of shots maybe working behind that jab? The one thing we know with Emmanuel Stewart, uh, Emmanuel uh, Sugar Hill's, uh, was it, is, it his, is it his uh, uncle? Or, oh, it's terrible. I should know that. Uh, but yeah, we, he used to obviously love working behind the jab with Lennox Lewis, just like the Cronk gym. So, and then land him those big overhand rights. We're going to just see that again. Um, I think it's an easy fight for him. I, no disrespect to David Light. I don't know too much about him. I've seen odd little bits of him here and there, but I don't think he poses much of a threat. I think if there's anything that could go for Light in this fight, it's the fact that Oakley has not been in the ring for as long, for over a year. Maybe he's a bit ring rusty. It might take him a little bit longer, but eventually I do see Lawrence O'Connor knocking him out sort of mid. To, I'd say probably between six and eight for me. So that's the big fight in the UK this weekend. We're downplaying it a little bit because actually it could turn out to be a better fight than than what it seems on paper. However, however, there are other fights happening this weekend. On the same card, really looking forward to the English Super Featherweight title. That's up for grabs. Vacant title between Michael Gomez Jr. and Levi Giles, which I think will be a really interesting fight. I've interviewed both of them in the past. I've spoke to both of them in the past. They're both at a stage of the career where this, this is really significant for them to get this title. So I do think that'll be a significant fight for the card. I do hope that they put this as chief support to the main event because it's worthy of it. It certainly is. But then you've also got Fraser Clark having a, a finally having a step up in opposition, going for an eight-rounder against Rydell Booker. Now, Rydell Booker, the American fighter, you know, he is 42 years old. Don't get me wrong, he's way over the hill. He is a journeyman, but he has fought the best of the heavyweight division and what that heavyweight division has to offer. 
As of recent times, he's fought Otto Wallin, he's fought Filip Hergovic, Kubrat Pulev, Jermaine Franklin. He's also fought Stephen Shaw last year, another heavyweight prospect. So he has been in with some really, really good fighters. So this would be a good test at this stage, and the test we've been wanting for Fraser Clark to, to have. Nobody seems to want to fight him, and every opponent they seem to get for him just doesn't seem to be good enough. Fraser Clark's had such a, a long amateur career that he's transitioned to the pros now. You're expecting step-ups really quick for him, even though this is his sixth fight. He needs these step-ups. A Rydell Booker win for him will then prove that you know he can beat uh, a journeyman at the heavyweight division that uh, not just a journeyman but more 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 the, more like a gatekeeper I'd say you know Rydell Buck is a type of fighter you put your prospect in there with if you are looking to see whether he can make it to that next level it's not just like some of the guys he's already fought who are literally just journeymen who are not in this sport for anything other than a payday so this is the step up he needs you've got another prospect in Callum Simpson on the card Aaron McKenna Samuel Antwi Shaquille Thompson, Carice Artinstall, Reese Edwards also on the card. So actually it's not going to be too bad of a card on paper to tune into if you are looking at the fights this weekend. But I mentioned earlier, Johnston, a fight that I feel is one to potentially tune into this weekend also happens and it's on BT Sport at the same time as this boxer card's going on. So you're going to be flicking between the two this weekend. You've got Nathan Heaney and Jack Flatley who did have a fight and this is their rematch and in the first fight it was a technical decision victory for Nathan Heaney and the fight was going it was going all right it was it was warming up quite well I mean every judge had it to Nathan Heaney don't get me wrong they had it by some of them had it three rounds one of them had it I think it was a total of four or five rounds so they they had Nathan ahead in this fight but it really started to feel like it was warming up as the fight was progressing so nobody really knew how it was going to play out and I think it's warranted enough for the rematch to happen which is why it is actually happening so I am looking forward to that I do think it will be a fight to tune into this weekend you've got a few names on there as well you've got Andrew Kane fighting in a WBC international silver super bantamweight title you've got Jason Cunningham against Miguel Gonzalez fighting for a Another international super bantamweight title. Raven Chapman's fighting. Brad Strand, Owen Cooper, Macaulay Owen. Loads of the prospects that are coming up at the moment through Frank Warren and Queensbury Promotions stable. So there's another card happening this weekend in the UK. But I did mention at the top of the show, Johnston, about another yeah. significant fight going on this weekend. And it is Jose Carlos Ramirez against Richard Comey, which I think is a really good fight in this particular division, in the super lightweight division. Uh, Ramirez, obviously, as we know, was the guy that Josh Taylor fought and beat a couple of years ago. And then he came back and beat Jose Pedaza in a great fight last year. And now he's back in against Richard Comey, another great notable opponent for him as he continues his assault to try and become a world champion once more. It's worth, it's worth a shout, this. It's worth watching this one this weekend because I, I think both of these fighters need this win. Both of them need this win this weekend. Yeah, they do. And uh, I mean, Richard Comney, for me, he shot on the scene with the uh, Raymond Beltran win. I thought that was the moment when I was like, well, okay, who's this guy? And then he, uh, he got sparked out by Tiffany Lopez literally straight after. And then obviously got done by Lemonchenko as well. And then. Um, you know, so it, Jose Pedraza, he's had the draw with, and obviously uh, Carlos Ramirez recently took a decision against him after losing to Josh Taylor. So, yeah, it's for me, I think Ramirez, you think uh, he was sort of one of the guys, that the top names in the division. He still is. And I feel that Richard Comley is almost like that guy that on his day he could potentially pull up an upset. The, the, the chances are he's probably going to lose this fight. I mean, no, he never know. You just never know in boxing. But, you know, I do side with Carlos uh, Ramirez. I, I feel that he's got enough in the locker to deal with him. And and I think he showed that again against Pedraza. He'll do the same thing. Um, I don't think, I don't know, he could stop him. I mean, who knows? But I think Comney, you know, he's 36 years of age now. You know, this is his last chance. Um, you might still find him on, on the cards here and there. But I think this is his last chance for a, a real big fight. But yeah, I mean, he's a name. I think that's the one thing. I think Ramirez should be coming through this if he wants to, if he has aspirations of going on to um, to become a, a, a like sort of the level that he was at before and become a world champion again. And 
and be competing with the big boys. Um, I, I believe he's good enough. Um, so yeah, he should be dealing with with Comney for me, Sean. I don't know about you, mate, but I think that should be a straightforward fight for him. But it's going to be intriguing. You never know. One one punch could change the whole perception of this fight. I don't think it's going to happen now. I think Ramirez comes away with it. I agree. I think Ramirez wins this fight. It's a, it's a good fight. It's an intriguing fight. It's one to tune into. Definitely looking forward to, to this weekend's boxing because, as I said at the top of the show, there's, there's so much more on. There's so much to choose from this weekend. And another fight I mentioned at the top of the show happening on Friday on Channel 5 in the UK is Lyndon Arthur fighting for the IBO light heavyweight title, the vacant light heavyweight title against Brian Nahul Suarez in the bill in Bolton in Manchester. So it's a good opportunity for Lyndon Arthur to, to finally get some rewards after the hard long road that he's been on. I am excited to look at this particular fight because I think, you know, Arthur's a fighter that we've we've been following for some time. We've seen him beat Anthony Yard and then lose in the rematch with uh, KO in four from Anthony. And then we've seen him come back in his last two fights. He's got good victories, especially against Joe McIntyre in his last fight in December of last year. Now he's in a position to fight for this vacant IBO light heavyweight title, which which I think is, is pretty significant, to be honest with you, because this was the title that was held by Paddy McCrory, who beat Leon Bunn in October last year in Germany for the same title. So obviously Paddy, for whatever reason, has vacated the title, and now it's Lyndon Arthur's opportunity to, to fight for this title, which is good because, you know, if he does win this fight, then that potentially down the line sets up uh, maybe a third fight with Anthony Yard in the light heavyweight division, who obviously is going to be looking to come off the back of his loss to Baturbiev at the start of the year. He put a valiant performance on and got beat off Baturbiev, but shown really he's at that level. So, you know, if you're in the position where you want to pick up a world title and Lyndon Arthur beats Suarez on Friday, then surely you'd think, right, well, get Anthony Yard a, a world title, even though it's more likely regarded than the big four it still has a bit more credibility than, than what this title used to have. So surely you'd be looking at that as a, as a future sort of plan for, for these two guys. But this fight is all about Lyndon and what he's got to achieve and what he needs to do to win this particular fight. And I think it's a, it's a good fight for him. I don't know too much about Suarez and it'd be, it'd be a bit wrong of me to sit here and, and make a comment about how he is as a boxer, because ultimately I haven't really seen anything of him to make a comment. All I know is that he's lost once in Argentina, which is where he's pretty much fought all of his career. So it's hard for me to sit here and make any type of judgment on how this fight goes down. All I do know is that Lyndon is is a certain level himself. He's certainly at minimum European level fighter at the moment. And I think to, to get this title will be an achievement for him. But then we'll also, like I said, set up a potential fight in the future with Anthony Yard again. Or possibly, possibly Joshua Buatzi, who has just made this big jump from, from matchroom to boxer quite recently. Which has been quite, in some ways, controversial because it's... it's made a lot of talking points for, for people but Lyndon Arthur this weekend on Friday on Channel 5 a fight I'm looking forward to Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda You never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today Your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's on Channel 5. Uh, I do, I like watching a bit of free boxing. Uh, it's nice to have, have Channel 5 out there, but, um, and, and, you know, and just catch up on some of these fights. But, you know, as you rightly pointed out, Sean, I have absolutely no idea on Suarez. I haven't done any homework on him. You know, this guy's fought predominantly in Argentina. And you look at the guys he's fought. Yes, a few of them have had winning records. But 
again, know nothing about those guys. You don't want to discredit these fellas and suggest that he's a layup. But, you know, I do feel that he's probably been carefully selected by the promotion team for Lyndon Arthur. And the fact that they can stick an IBO title in there is great. You never know. Suarez might bring something that will, and and uh, surprise everybody and make himself a name in the division. I find it very un- unlikely. I'm sure they've done their homework on him and they can see that there are chinks in his armour that Lyndon Arthur can exploit. And as you say, pick up a genuine world title. Okay, it's the, probably the fifth best out of the lot. But it's better than an international interim, whatever the old crap they pull out of their arseholes. So in actual fact, you know what? Um, it's, it's a way, like you say, to call himself a world champion and puts himself in, into a position where, you know, he'll have a bit of a target on his back and he might get himself a nice big uh, bit of money, a nice big wager, maybe a fair fight with Yard, maybe the fight with Boatsy. I think that makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know nothing about it. So I'm like you, Sean, no idea about Suarez. And I, I do feel that it was carefully selected in terms of Lyndon should be taking this fight quite comfortably. And if he doesn't, then, well, they've made an absolute boo-boo, to be quite honest. And they need to just uh, look at themselves, look, really look at themselves <laughs> in the mirror because um, I, I'm, I'm almost certain that this will be a comfortable night for Lyndon. Yeah, on the card as well, Johnson, we've got a couple of prospects that I think would be worth watching. For those that do follow a lot of the small hall stuff, you've got James Moorcroft and Nathan Bennett, which I think is a really well-matched fight. Connor Walker, Ken Gardner, another well-matched fight, which I'm looking forward to. You've got a load of the prospects from the local area on this particular card as well. So I am looking forward to it. There's some good boxing at the York Hall on Friday and Saturday. I was going to say Lyndon Arthur then. I meant Linus Udofia. Linus Udofia also fights this weekend he's returning to the york hall the scene of most of his professional victories he's fighting on saturday as well so you know there's quite a few shows a good selection of shows to pick from this weekend the main event of course that we want to see is benavidez versus plan if you are wanting to watch this from the uk the only option at the moment appears to be fight tv there is no other option from the uk to pick up this fight other than paying for it and i believe it's around 14.99 to pick up in the uk at the moment however if you are very tech savvy and you know of other ways to watch this particular fight i'm pretty <laughs> sure i'm pretty sure you guys will certainly go and do it i see it every weekend on social media and the comment is usually has anybody got a stream for the fight has anybody got a link for the stream for the fight that's usually what you see every single weekend so i'm not condoning it i'm not promoting it all i'm saying is if there are other ways to watch this fight and they are feasible then of course that's how you'll go and do it but if you are wanting to watch it through fight tv it is 14.99 to do so well now I've got you on, Johnson. It's been a good few weeks since you've been on the show because you've been doing yeah. so much in the background. We haven't even had the chance, not even just on the air, but off the air, to talk about all the goings-on recently with Conor Ben and his terrible interview with Piers Morgan. And then also wow. Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk. The greedy belly strikes again in Tyson Fury as he gets a 70% split for this fight. Now, again... Has it been signed? Apparently not. Apparently it's not actually fully been signed, even though Usyk said, you know what, I will take the 30% just so we can get this fight made. But the management teams, the promoters are still going back and forth. There's no official signing that's been made, to my knowledge, and to those that managed to pick all these sources out of nowhere, there's no actual official inked contracts been done for this year but the whole thing has been absolutely farcical i posted a a little meme on the btr pages a couple of weeks ago and it was um quite a provocative meme and it was an image used from a certain uh adult film and it was a picture of a bald man depicting tyson fury and it um, talks about the fact that you had tyson fury sort of licking his lips to say as if to say tyson fury still looking to see whether he's 95 percent split is still good enough for him and it was just basically taking a dig at the fact that he's he's trying to take every possible advantage he can to face Alexander Usyk which makes me wonder like why is he wanting to do that why the man that's got the three belts of the division against the man that's got the one belt of the division why is he demanding so much more than Alexander Usyk why isn't he just accepting you know a 50-50 or a 60-40 why is he pushing it so far forward why do you think that is Oh well, I, I don't. I don't think that he um, necessarily 
is is scared. I don't think he's scared of fighting Usyk. I do feel that he's a bit uncomfortable with the situation of fighting Usyk because he's he's not the type of guy that is uh, you, you can't mimic him. He's so different in everything he does. And as I've, as, as I've always said, Sean, I've always banged the Usyk drum. I believe that he is a class above. He's a he's a cut above the rest. I do. I think he genuinely is. I don't think the size is going to be that much of a problem for Usyk. And his willingness to fight no matter what. He probably would take a 5% of the fight just to take the fight. Why not? Because he's he's not he's not scared of fighting anyone. He just wants to fight. He doesn't want his holding up and his talk on all the media. You know, he'd get involved. You know, he, he says some funny shit. But in actual fact, I don't feel that he's that bothered. He just wants to fight and he wants the challenge. Money doesn't matter to him. What it does do for Tyson Fury is it matters a lot to Tyson. And that doesn't necessarily mean he's scared to fight Usyk by demanding ridiculous splits. But in actual fact, when you look at it, Usyk's probably thinking, I'm going to beat him anyway. Because that is his genuine ma- mindset. That's that's how he thinks. He goes into a fight knowing it doesn't matter how much money I earn. He's earned enough money as it is probably from the AJ fights. He's set for life. His family's set for life. For him now, it's about the challenge that presents itself. And that challenge is Tyson Fury. And he doesn't want anyone saying, oh, we didn't do this. Oh, he wouldn't sign this for this deadline. And and he can put these deadlines forward and Usyk's ready. He wants the fight because he's just that genuine guy. That's why I, in particular, I have the utmost respect for the guy because he will, any challenge that people will suggest to him that he cannot achieve, he, he's not going to beat Tyson Fury. There's no way he can beat him. He's not, he's not big enough. He's this blown up middleweight. I'm telling you now, Usyk has all the tools to do to deal with Tyson Fury. And I do feel that Tyson has that little niggling feeling. I'm not saying he's scared of him. He isn't scared of anyone. Tyson will fight anyone, but for the right money. That's the problem. Tyson doesn't just want to set up his family and himself. He wants to set up generations of the Fury family with the amount of money he wants to earn in boxing. That's my opinion. It's a very valid opinion, to be honest. And I think what I look at now when I see Tyson, I see too many people around him. I think that's the problem. Too many hangers Another on. problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many of them. There seem to Agreed. be too many of them around him. And a lot of them are just yes men. Yes men in that camp. A lot of people just agreeing with everything he says and not even sitting there and... and, and literally giving him a bit of sense they're just going yeah yeah Tyson Fury's the best he's going to beat everybody he's going to do this and and obviously there is a line of confidence and arrogance there but then there's also the reality of the situations as well like you don't need that in your camp all the time what you need is someone with a clear realistic head who knows how dangerous Alexander Usyk is and the threat that he actually provides maybe it is just all bravado like it always is with Tyson Fury and maybe when they eventually, and if they hopefully get in the ring and face one another, we will find out definitively who the best of this generation is in the heavyweight division. But at the moment, there's just so much stalling going on. And genuinely, I can't really see it being from the Usyk side. Like, Usyk's managed... It's manage- not Sean, is it? I mean, this is it. You can't keep doing... You can't... The, the fact is, it keeps happening, doesn't it? It happened with Fury, and he, and he uh, Fury and Joshua, and he blames Joshua, and people believe him. It gets to the point now where people start realizing, well, if this always presents itself, this same conversation always presents itself around the same individual, mate. It tends to, if you're not, we're not stupid people. It's obvious. If, if it's not Tyson, it's those within camp that are demanding more money than they should be. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that is a problem. I think it's people around him that is also a problem as well. I think it's quite evident by the amount of people that are around him, that are the amount of people that are that are speaking on his behalf all the time. And, and I think to myself, like, you know, some like his brothers are always with him all the time, and his brothers are even getting interviewed by boxing media outlets. And I'm thinking, like, why the fuck are you interviewing his brother? Like, <laughs> what, what what purpose does it does it serve you as a boxing media channel to interview his brother, who isn't the boxer, just because he's a fury and he's got a fury name? Why interview him? He's of course he's going to be up his ass on the second shelf. He's not going to turn around and say, "Oh, my brother might lose this fight." Of course he's not. Even if he deep down believed that there's a chance he could lose his fight, he's not going to do it. But I've never saw the fascination with with people wanting to interview those guys around Tyson Fury. Obviously, it's just for the YouTube hits. It's just so they 
they can say, oh, well, we've got a little bit of an insight into what's going on in the Fury camp by interviewing yeah. Fury's bar, interviewing Fury's barber or Fury's local butcher or something like that. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? It's, it's a bit ridiculous. Ultimately, all I can see from the outside looking in is a man and his team that are stalling for the biggest fight of this generation to happen. And if this doesn't get signed, it's going to be an absolute travesty. This last two weeks have been ridiculous in boxing for stuff like this. And not to mention, you've got that going on with, with Fury and Usyk. Then you've got Conor Ben going on bloody chat shows yeah. and con- completely contradicting himself. Nigel Ben not doing himself any favours whatsoever in those interviews. I'm not going to go through the whole interview and the transcripts of it with everybody because most of you listening to this show have probably seen it or at least seen some of the, the dialogue from it and it just makes you look at Conor Ben even more and go oh Conor what are you doing to yourself man you're doing more harm than you're doing good at the moment and now there's the talk of him fighting Pacquiao and then this week there's the talk of him fighting Kell Brook. Kell Brook and Conor Ben are going at it on Twitter and there's talk of an old sparring session and there's a little bit of footage leaked from that sparring session from a few years ago. It's like they're just trying to build Conor Ben up for a fight with somebody with a name in the welterweight division so he can return probably in America where he can be licensed to fight under the WBC no doubt. He's already been given a ranking in the WBC now so the likelihood is that's what he'll do he'll fight one of those two guys his career will resume all this stuff that's been going on we'll probably still never get a bloody answer to it he'll probably never fight under British Boxing Border Control rules again for the rest of his career just like his dad did and, and you know it, it just seems it just seems utterly ludicrous like the whole thing in boxing the past couple of weeks and this is the start of stuff that we normally shoot the breeze on but because we've not been on together doing this type of a show for a few weeks I just felt it was necessary just to kind of air some of this stuff out there and I suppose we haven't even like spoke to each other or even me and Chris haven't spoke about it on the shows for the benefit of you guys listening for our opinions as well so I just felt it was necessary to to get a few of those things off my chest I don't normally put all this stuff on social media because I can't be bothered with the arguments that it creates with certain people It, it goes past the point of debate sometimes with some people on social media and if you put your opinion on there you're bound to have somebody who will just be so blinded by their love for a certain individual or they think they know the process or whatever it is, you just end up in, in, in constant negative engagements with them. So I just can't be bothered. So I'd rather do it on here and express how I'm feeling. And ultimately, the last two weeks in boxing, from that side of things, uh, have just been an absolute shit show of a circus. And it's been terrible. I just hope the next few weeks provide us something better. Well, you're right. I mean, um, whoever advised Conor Ben to go on, speak with Piers Morgan and go on his show, that was a a bad bit of advice. It wasn't good. It didn't look good. I've I've not listened to the whole thing to watch the whole thing, to be honest with you. I've I've, just little bits here and there. But he's he's come across like a bit of a dickhead, really, and um, and a bit of a wally. And, and he's like he, why he was sort of saying, suggesting that I'm innocent. I'm innocent. You, you're not. You're not innocent. You haven't been actually cleared of anything. He said, "I'm cleared." Sorry, that's what he said. I'm cleared of it. Uh, and appears Morgan pointed him correctly into the fact that you haven't been cleared of anything. And the boxing board of control. I mean, he's got to sit down with him and have a discussion with him um, and, and see if he can get a license. Um, he will not get a license. I don't feel. I feel that he's got to turn around and admit some. Some something he's done something wrong, and he won't do that. So therefore, they're not going to license him to fight in this country. And and by the sounds of it, Eddie Earn is is very keen on fighting Chris Eubank Jr. still. And um, and he said he's basically hinted today that he wants to fight. He will fight abroad without. So if he, if if Conor Ben doesn't get his his boxing border control license to fight in this country. He still wants him to fight in June. He wants it to be against Eubank Jr., who apparently hasn't confirmed. He's actually, this is what Eddie said. He hasn't, he has not signed with William Smith. He hasn't signed for that rematch. Apparently, this is what Eddie's saying today. So therefore, he wants a Eubank fight in June. He wants it to be over here. Chances are it won't be because he won't get his license in time and he will promote a fight between Conor Ben and Eubank Jr. to happen in the, in the States or or Saudi Arabia, or wherever they're going to go with this fight. It looks like that's going to happen. Um, and and Eddie seems to be like he, he wants to do that. And and it, it's, it's quite sad, really, because um, I don't know. I, I, 
I don't think I'd want to know. I still don't want to know. We said before that fight has no interest in me. It still doesn't. I think there's too much of a gap between the pair. And obviously, people will look at the Eubank Jr. Liam Smith fight and say, well, you know, he, he, Liam Smith's absolutely annihilated him. So that's why Ben wants to fight. It's big money for the pair of them. Eddie earns a load of money from it. Uh, just, it, 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 it's just, it's, to be honest with you, it's, it's quite disgraceful. Yeah, it is. It is. And if anybody is now listening to this episode, you'll have probably or mainly have heard the talk sport stuff this morning <laughs> yeah. as we record this with Simon Jordan, Eddie Hearn. I'll tell you it. what, Simon Jordan did rip him a new one. And it was quite nice <laughs> to see it. Hear Eddie squeam a little bit. Um, I mean, they, they, they were going back and forth. But Eddie, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm with, to be honest, I'm with Simon Jordan. I, I've, I've said it on this show numerous times. I have you, Sean. I can't these promoters that will find loopholes to earn money. And Eddie's that guy. He will earn money any way he can. And um, the fact that he will take two British fighters onto into another country to take a fight there just to earn the money, where British fans, what, are going to go out to, to Vegas or wherever? No, it's because it's going to be a pay-per-view, big pay-per-view thing for him, and he will plug it to anybody that's anybody, and people stupidly will buy it. My advice is, guys, if you're listening, and you actually are listening to this, and you believe in what I, well, how I feel about it, if, if Conor Ben does not get a British boxing border control license and cannot fight in this country, and Eddie Hearn takes him and Eubank Jr. to America to have a fight, do not buy that pay-per-view. Please do not buy that. I hope it does horrible numbers, and I hope that Oh, it, it just infuriates me that they're finding a loophole in this. Conor Ben needs to stand up for himself and say, do you know what? I've made a fucking mistake. No problem with that. We'll respect him more. Don't piss off to the States and go and fight in other countries because you ain't man enough to turn around and say you made a mistake. Fucking admit it. Joel Millam admitted it and he got crucified for it, was banned for it, and he's back in the ring. I mean, it's incredible to think that people were watching that big fat fella but they they did and they watched him destroy lucas brand and commented on it and loved it and enjoyed it by the sounds of things i'm going on a rant here sean i know i am but it infuriates me with that situation i think it's disgraceful the guy is a cheat it's clear as day for me because he ain't clearing his name if you want to clear your name clear your name don't be going on this and i'm not sitting in front of the box of ballers control because it's all bollocks what's bollocks is you're not mad enough to stand up and, and just admit your mistakes we make them mate Fucking do it. Do the right thing. Don't be an idiot. That's what I think, in a way. Yeah, well, this is why we love having you back on the show and doing these big fight previews and doing these shooting the breezes because I know it bothers you. Oh, promoters. It's promoters in his hero, Eddie Earn. And I do like Eddie, but they just, they're all in it for themselves. They ain't getting punched in the face for this. They're not doing that, Sean, are they? We've had it, we've had, I suppose, because of the darker side of boxing and all the crap that we've seen with promoters, with, with people like Rick Elvis Parker and, and Tim Anderson. You know what I mean? It's like, what, we're going to go down that route again, are we? Where a promoter can... And people believe the shit from social media. Oh, mate, I, I can't, Sean. It, it does my head in. And, and even with, with, with Tommy Fury fighting the YouTuber, and, and I mean, that. I'll tell you what, I've seen much better nights down your call, guys. You know what I mean? That... that, that Fights down your call at ten times better than that at featherweight. I'm telling you now, like that's the bollocks. Like you got guys struggling trying to work their way in through this sport, and you get Tommy Fury and this YouTuber having a massive fight and earning fucking shitloads of money and presenting a, a performance like that. It is dis- it's just disgraceful. I'm, I know it, it brings eyes to boxing, but that is not boxing. I know what that was. That was like a, a fucking sparring session down my local pub back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though Sean what was that fight what was his name Logan and that was that was terrible did that not look so bad on the we got eyes on that shit and you know I'm telling you now go down your corner Friday night you see a 10 times better fight guys that have worked their fucking asses off to get in the ring and show you a bit of quality because they've worked for that oh I've seen schoolboys fight better than that <laughs> oh well this is why people love this show this is why people love having our rants and and, and, and that's why we'll never mainstream sean we can't yeah. be. i'm never gonna time of any earn i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say to connor ben that oh you know i'm gonna lick his arsehole so he can come on our show fuck connor ben don't come on the show mate i don't like you <laughs> <laughs> well there you go guys that is johnston back and savage savage as always savage, in the show mate. I, don't and, keep, I don't mate i don't care i've gone on one now i'm gonna let air it <laughs> i've been on here for a while i've not been able to do it sean and i don't know maybe maybe i've been in that little dark hole what doing the <laughs> dark side of boxing too long who knows but for me it's just it's it's bollocks mate 
It really is, isn't it, Sean? I mean, it's not good. It does. It, oh, it's just not good, mate. It ain't. And uh, do you know what? I hope the British Boxing Board of Control give him a four, five-year ban, eight-year ban, whatever. Absolutely crucify him because he ain't got the balls to admit that he's made a mistake. Well, this is it. And I don't think we're ever going to get the real truth behind it all, to be honest with you. And I think by which time, if we ever do get the truth behind it, Johnston, it'll be at a point where he's already made fucking millions of money anyway. So he, he's laughing all the way to the bank, literally going, exactly. ha-ha, suckers. Yeah. I couldn't give a shit what you think of me. I've earned three, four million fighting Eubank Jr. I mean, he's laughing. He is. And people are going to pay for it. I, I, I think you're mad, people. Just don't pay for it. Don't don't put any money in their pocket for that fucking shit. You know, we've got a good fight this weekend. Plant Benavides. Put If you want to put your any money, go and watch that fight. Well, it's not even just that. You mentioned your call. There's fights on at the York Hall Saturday York, and Sunday. Exactly. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. if, you, if you really want to support like guys like that, go and do it. This is where I started out boxing media bread and butter was going interviewing guys i mean we had a guy on earlier this week kyle davis from the stoke area one and oh fighting also this weekend people trying to sell tickets the struggles of selling tickets that he has to do exactly exactly so yeah i think that's uh that is it from us that is our rant that is our rant and we're happy to return to the air ranting and like you said it's probably why we'd never make the mainstream because people don't want to hear don't want to hear the truth don't want to hear the truth and it's very selective about who they would listen to but you guys you loyal followers you loyal listeners those that listen to us that also have podcasts that we know of as well i'm sure you're probably laughing your heads off and going do you know what you're exactly right but just nobody wants to hear it nobody wants to listen to it and you know what this is why we love doing the shows that we do because we get the opportunity to voice our opinion at the end of the day everybody has a facility to do it this way either it's on the air like this or either it's over social media but this is our opportunity to do it and we've had a, a good conversation a really good conversation about this <laughs> yeah, sport I mean, apologies for my language i do get myself a little bit irate about it because i do i care about the sport sean I, you know I, I want the sport to be seen in a good picture and, and that's not that for me. That's not a good like the Miller thing, right? that fighting Lucas Brand. That does not present a good picture, a good angle of the sport. It, if anything, we're able to now use the sport by you can have a YouTuber on and you, you can you can earn millions from that. You can. What, have, about, what about tag like, team uh, boxing? What about this misfits tag, tag team? Ta- I mean, boxing? Tag, you might as well. I mean, you might as well. Someone actually made a joke about two drug abusers in Lucas Brand and, and Miller. But is, is that actually a good thing? And people would actually say, do you know what? All right, let them take as many drugs as they want, how many PEDs they want to take, and let them fight each other. And people will watch it. But that's a different sport, yes. But if be open, all right, then do it. I mean, it's not safe. I wouldn't condone it. But, you know, you're punching someone in the face at the end of the day, and you're trying to gain an advantage. It's different if you're just battering the gear on a Friday night. Now, I, I don't condone that either. You know, I don't. But what I'm suggesting is it's not a performance-enhancing drug. It's going to it's gonna actually dehance your performance. So there's certain drugs out there, you know, that, that people like you know, smoking marijuana. I mean, Mike Tyson's openly turned man. He used to bun it down after fights. But you know what? It didn't. It didn't enhance his performance. I'm sure he did. It. I'm sure he probably did PEDs. I'm not. I'm not suggesting he did or didn't. But I'm going down a whole other page here. But what I'm saying is, is you can't condone that, and then have these guys lying in their pockets. And promoters will bring them in because of it as well. And they will use it as an angle. And it's crazy. And then people go, "Oh, I still watch it." Please, <laughs> man, just just look at the bigger picture here. That's what I'm trying to say. Boxing is an art, and it's a great science. It's fantastic to watch. But you've got to be careful with it because someone's going to get really badly hurt and then everyone's going to go, oh, I've, you know, I told you that he should never have been in the ring. And then, and then you'll have Eddie Earn just sneaking away in the background like Homer Simpson in the bushes with the memes they <laughs> You know what I mean? Just just drifting back while he counts his bank balance. You know what I mean? It's like promoters get away with it, man. They, they are intelligent. They're clever people. They find loopholes. That's what they do. They're businessmen and they do it to earn money. Eddie is not getting in the ring, getting punched in the face. Frank Warren isn't getting punched in the face. The fighters are. So it's nice to see guys like Boatsy going, do you know what, Eddie? Fuck you, I'm going Sky. Oakley, do you know what? I'm going Sky. In a way, it's a good thing. Not saying Ben Shalom's any better because he's still lying in his own pockets. I don't know. Yeah, I've got a huge issue with promoters and I will never, ever change. I don't think it in my position will ever, ever change, Sean. So, yeah, if, we ever, if you ever wanted to go mainstream with this show, I will need to take a back seat and disappear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll have to be like the Homer Simpson going into the bushes. Me, oh, mate, you? could you imagine four years down the line if we went mainstream and then I'm, I'm all of a sudden talking to Eddie Earn and being being nice to him and then all of a sudden, oh, do you know what? 
five years ago down the archive. Listen to this guy talk. So I dropped my, I'm dropping the C bomb here, but listen to him destroying him on, on the line and now he's going to talk to him. Nah, yeah, I can't be the sort of person to talk to him because I just wouldn't be able to do it properly. I wouldn't. I'd be terrible. Here. So, um, yeah, on that note, look, guys, enjoy the boxing this weekend. And I, I don't mean to just like go on a mad rant here, but I suppose I've been on for a while and uh, I wanted to express that with you guys. So, Absolutely. Yeah, enjoy the boxing, though. Absolutely, enjoy yeah. Enjoy the boxing. Enjoy the boxing this weekend. And if you've enjoyed this episode in particular, Johnston returning with a vengeance to the big fight weekly shows, then please do let us know at BCR Boxing Pod on yes, Twitter. <laughs> but on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, please do let us know what you think of the shows. We always love the feedback. Thank you so much. If you haven't heard the season three version of the darker side of boxing please go and listen to that show it is done and dusted all 10 episodes are out there we really appreciate all the support for the darker side of boxing as well and a big thank you to love the patrons a big thank you to them love too guys yeah, yeah just love you guys like just keep it real just do what you got to do enough respect seriously uh, we, what we do we do it for the love of the sport and nothing else absolutely couldn't have said it better myself well that is it thank you for listening to the big fight preview enjoy plan and benavidez's big fight this weekend and we will be back next week for more weekly fight shows the dream is made real ricky Hatt rocks the world how do you like it how do you like it i wish i was 50 years younger and i'd kick your ass it's over Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.